The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have. Unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So if we let ourselves get immersed in this story, I think the feeding of the 5,000 sort of paints the scene of modern life, so in a metaphorical way, right? Sort of kind of gives us a glimpse of how we live our lives. See, because I think we all know what it's like to be lost in a crowd, right? You can be surrounded by people and still be isolated and lonely with no significant attachment to anyone. And even though we live in a time of abundance and plenty, Modern life can feel somewhat like a desert wasteland, can it not? Scrubby and dry and, and parched and brittle and anxious and dangerous. And I bet we all know what it feels like to get to the end of the day and be running on empty, to be empty, to be hungry. And I don't mean for physical food, right? Very few of us go to bed hungry at night. And yet, at the same time, we might find ourselves doing something like foraging through the pantry, the fridge, the liquor cabinet, trying to fill something inside of ourselves. And then with this entire scene and situation of life, when we try to do something about it, we don't have enough. We're greatly lacking. It sort of paints the scene, doesn't it? And then Jesus takes the scene and he transforms it. The first thing he does, he says, everybody sit down in like groups of 50. Something smaller, a little more familiar, maybe about the size of a family reunion. A group about the size where you could be known and loved and accepted. See, he takes us and he makes us into family. He makes us his church. The translation said, have them sit down, but the Greek words actually have them recline, which in the ancient world is what you did at a banquet. You reclined at the table. So Jesus takes the desert wasteland of daily life, and he turns it into a banquet hall, and he serves up a feast. And at this feast, there's plenty. There's more than enough. In fact, there's leftovers that you can share. How does he transform the scene? (laughs) Because he takes, he blesses, he breaks, 
and he gives, which should sound very familiar, right? Because at the end of another day, on the night he was betrayed, the night he, before he died for us, Jesus does the same thing. He takes the bread, he gives thanks, he breaks it, and he gives it to the disciples. And it's exactly the very same thing we've come for today, what he's going to do in our midst. The Eucharist transforms the scene of our lives. The Eucharist transforms our lives, friends. If this changes what we do here. It may not seem like it at first, but it changes everything. We need this so much. Let's break it down a little bit. So first of all, it says Jesus takes. He takes what we have to offer. Now we know it's not enough. And we all struggle with that. Every one of us I bet you we've all at one time or another, maybe right now, feel like, I don't have enough. I'm not enough for whatever is being demanded of me. Dads, <laughs> how many times have we felt like we're getting pulled in all these different directions, right? We've got jobs and we've got families and all these responsibilities and like, I just don't have enough. But five loaves of bread and two fish weren't enough either to feed probably the 12 of them, let alone 5,000 people. And did you catch the sarcasm? I love it. Or would you have us go and buy something for everybody, Jesus? <laughs> With what money, right? There's 5,000 of them. They didn't have enough. We don't have enough. We aren't enough. But in a few moments, some of you, I think it's the Prince family this morning, are going to come and get that bread and that wine and bring them forward. A little bit of the food and drink that we need in order to live. A little bit of our livelihood. In other words, these two things, the bread and the wine, these are symbols of our lives. And they're going to bring them forward and they'll give them to me, but don't see me, all right? The reason why I wear all the robes is that you don't see Spencer, you're supposed to see Jesus. Because Jesus is going to take the bread and the wine into his hands. He's going to take our lives into his hands. And he's going to do the only right thing to do for those lives and for everything that we have in our lives. He's going to take us. Here's the thing we forget to do so often. He's going to take us and he's going to offer blessing and thanks back to the Father. As we will say, it is right to give him thanks and praise. He takes us into his hands and returns us back to the one who gave us those very lives, gives us everything. He returns us in thanks back to the Father. And then here's where the miracle happens. Then he breaks, which multiplies and infinitely increases the value because that bread is about to become his body given for us. That wine is about to become his blood shed for us. And this is what's going to infinitely increase our value, infinitely multiply us. Why? Because lastly, he gives, which is a two-way street. See, first of all, what he gives is what he gave once and for all at the cross to the Father, what we couldn't give. He gives the total complete, perfect, 
totally obedient, total love, his whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, his total love for us, and he offers that life as a total gift of himself to the Father. There is nothing lacking in Jesus. He is the all-sufficient sacrifice, is he not? Amen. He's enough. But don't forget, see, he took us into his hands too, didn't he? And so what he's going to do now is take us lacking and insufficient and, and far too poor. He takes us also into his hands and unites us to himself and also offers us up to the Father so that we are able to give ourselves to the Father completely cleansed, perfect, pleasing. Why? Because here's the other side of the street of that giving. Not only is he giving towards the Father, he's coming down and he's giving to us at the very same time. He gives us himself. The body that was given for us, the blood that is shed for us, cleanses us, forgives us, perfects us. He's enough. More than sufficient. When we are so insufficient for all that is lacking within us, what we by ourselves cannot give to the Father for that bottomless hole in us that nothing else can fill, for the countless needs of those who are around us, and we can never seem to meet them. No, no, He is enough, and He's come here to fill you with Himself to the point of overflowing where there's plenty of Him to share. How many of you Remember, this is going to date me. How many of you remember the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids back in the late 80s? All right, that was, I think I was in high school when this movie came out. If, you haven't, if you've never seen it, it's Rick Moranis, and he plays this struggling prof, uh, professor and inventor, and, and he, he makes this machine that shrinks his kids, and I think he shrinks himself down to like two inches, right? This is going to sound a little strange at first, but I'll play along. I want you in your mind and to visualize in prayer, I want you to shrink yourself down to about like two inches, small enough that you can put yourself into your own hands, right? Right there. We're so small. We're so lacking. We're so little. But here's what I want you to do. In, in, I'm gonna give you a time of prayer, is to take yourself out of your hands and put yourself into the hands of Jesus. And let him take you and let him offer you up to the Father with himself. And it's enough. And then, then, here's the mystery. This, here's the miracle of the Eucharist. D Jesus, do not misunderstand me, Jesus doesn't shrink himself down. But, but, listen to this. The infinite God that the universe cannot contain somehow in a great miracle puts himself into your hands. Right? The infinite God of the universe in that little piece of bread that you're about to eat and that tiny sip of wine that you're about to drink 
puts himself under those elements and you take him into your hands so that you can take him into yourself and he fills you up to overflowing where there's plenty of him to share. So let's just take that to prayer. Shrink yourself down. Put yourself in your hands. Then take your little self and put it in the hands of Jesus and let him give you to the Father as a gift. And then get those hands ready. Get your heart ready to take the God of the universe, your Savior, your Lord, into your hands and into yourself.